Welcome to the Park Road Podcast for November 18th, 2018. Today's podcast is a sermon given by Joey Haynes, Youth Coordinator at Park Road Baptist Church. His sermon today is entitled, In the Barren Places. So I randomly choose two days to preach, and both of them have scriptures with childbirth. I just want to clarify that this is not some divine sign, um, (laughs) but just find it a little odd. So five years ago, our youth group went on a summer mission trip to Washington, D.C. It was my first mission and week-long trip with the youth. So I was a little on edge, making sure that everything was going to go well. Our focus for the week was urban poverty and homelessness. The first couple of days, I would say, went really well. And our two group leaders from from the organization we were working with told us about a midweek Vesper service that would be really great for us to attend. I do love a good Vesper service, especially in the middle of the week of volunteering. I figured it would be nice for the group to have some time to reflect, pray, take a breather. But once we arrived, it became quickly evident that things would not be quite as I expected. We were a small and intimate crowd, consisting of one man sitting on the stage, the Vespers leader, two other people who randomly showed up in our group. It was also a little clear that this service was not as well organized as I may have thought it would be. And so the service began and the leader led us in prayer except she didn't pray as one would normally pray, just sort of say a silent prayer or let us bow our heads and pray. She began chanting very loudly over and over again, praying for just about every aspect of the country, the world, Although it probably lasted about a couple of minutes, I would say it felt more like 15 minutes. It was a little distracting because the chant was almost like she was trying to sing, but then also chanting. And, you know, being the open person that I am, I'm trying to show as much respect uh, in this situation. But I look down and see the youth may be having a little more difficulty with paying attention and keeping their composure. About midway through the service, a phone rang. It was not a cell phone. The woman stopped leading. She went to the rear of the front of the sanctuary behind the altar, and she answered a landline telephone. As you might imagine, the reactions from our teenagers was 
a lot of laughter. They were wondering, I'm sure, one, why was there a phone on the altar in a church? I had no idea. But at that, in that moment, I just remember being very irritated with our youth. And as I recall, I don't think that I hid it very well from them. I'm probably imagining myself being a little nicer than I actually was. Um, and I'm sure that the, the youth that had graduated that are here today can probably tell you a little more details about my irritation. I clearly lost patience and it, you know, it took a while for me to recover from that. But I have to say that it was a really great time to think about my own patience. I had just started as a youth leader here at Park Road. This was my first time traveling. What does it look like to be patient with a group of teenagers? Is it going to be healthy for me to just lose patience all the time when the youth don't take things as seriously as I would like them to? So I tell this story because when I first read the word patience, this was the first story that came to mind, probably because it sort of was a significant moment of if I'm going to work with teenagers, I probably shouldn't just yell at them every time that they laugh. I learned a lot about myself in these certain situations. But then I read and reread this text today several times. And I see that maybe the connections with Hannah's story is not one of just sort of patience of momentary delay of anger and frustration. I do think it's important to have patience, whether it's with children, difficult people, rowdy teenagers on church trips, with those with whom you may disagree. But I think Hannah's story is one in which we can glean a little something more deeply about being patient with ourselves and responding to people and a society that tells us that we are not good enough. When we find ourselves in the midst of uncertain seasons in our lives, maybe we tend to just wait wait for God to send us some sort of sign to tell us what we're supposed to do. Maybe we find ourselves losing patience with the injustices or inequalities that exist in our society. But Hannah's story reminds us of the importance of remaining patiently faithful to God so that we may respond in ways that are not self-destructive or harmful and to guide us to act in the best way that we know how. There are so many powerful testimonies and witnesses in the Bible that show us a God that is with us and hears us, a God that reminds us that we are enough, regardless of what society may be saying. Many of these stories are intense and drama-filled and leaves us wondering why people and sometimes even God, can be so complicating. The text from the day is not out of the ordinary. In many ways, 
Hannah fits the mold of a typical female character during these ancient days. She's one of two wives of her husband, and one of the most important contributions that a woman can make in her family is having a strong male heir. Yet, she is barren, and to make matters worse, her sister wife mocks and taunts her. I wouldn't be surprised if Peninnah sat around with other moms and dads, gossiping about Hannah, laughing at her behind her back. I'm sure that none of us here could probably relate to that. In her barrenness, although we get a sense of her anxiety, she experiences sadness, Hannah somehow manages to remain patiently faithful, not only to God, but also with herself. She already has to share her husband with a woman who doesn't respect her. This woman has no issues having children, and she has no problems of rubbing this in her face. However, Hannah doesn't allow the negative voices in her life to move her into deep despair or to cause her to give up. Instead, she keeps her attention on God, and she remains patient with herself and confident in the person whom God has created her to be. Why is it that we always are the hardest on ourselves? In our lives, when things seem to be at their worst, we beat ourselves up, we lose patience. In a world that tells us who we should be, we often lack the confidence in being the person that God has created us to be. Magazines are telling us that we're not pretty enough. TV and movies are telling us that we're not skinny enough. We're not smart enough, strong enough. We spend so much time trying to improve ourselves and to please others that we lose a sense of who we are. So take a moment to think through your own life. How many people have told you that you are not enough? How many people have made you feel that you are not worthy or pretty? or smart? How might we be changed if, it, if in the barren times of our lives, instead of allowing despair to, cons- despair to consume us, we use these seasons to be patiently faithful to God and to ourselves? As children of God, we must stop listening to the taunting voices that tell us that we're not good enough because you are. Now, with all of that being said, I also do not believe that we are called into complacency or apathy toward things that need to be changed, especially the things that we recognize that directly oppose the kingdom of God. Sometimes I think we might understand patience with the perspective that if we just wait and pray to God, God will just sort of take care of all the things wrong in our society. And honestly, this is why I struggle a little bit with patience. I find myself getting frustrated that when we know something is wrong, we just sort of brush it off. We don't believe that we have the capabilities to actually change anything. Maybe we see things as being too big for us to change. 
maybe too difficult? When we're faced with turmoil, despair, injustice, or difficult situations, are we just supposed to give up and let God sort of figure it out for us? I don't think that Hannah is just passively accepting her situation, but she's trying, to, trying her best to be the person she is called to be in this particular context and responding to her circumstances in the best way she knows how. One of my favorite examples of someone who remained patiently faithful to God and used his work that God gave him is Martin Luther King Jr. He once said that only in the darkness can you see the stars. Facing racial injustice, segregation, and oppression, King did not allow the taunting voices or the hatred to push him into passive acceptance to the situation of African Americans in this country. During a speech at Riverside Church in 1967, he said, we are now faced with the fact that tomorrow is today. We are confronted with the fierce urgency of now in this unfolding conundrum of life and history. There is such a thing as being too late. This is no time for apathy or complacency. This is a time for vigorous and positive action. King didn't give up. He didn't accept that society was telling them that he wasn't enough. And during the Civil Rights Movement, many people were calling him to just be more patient. That if he waits, things will change. Things will get better. His actions didn't make him impatient. But instead, it was his patient faithfulness to God that guided him to demand justice for African Americans who had been oppressed since the founding of this country. He was trying to be the person he was called to be in his particular context and responding to his circumstances the best way he knew how. There are so many things that we can learn from people like Hannah or King about patience, when to act, when to wait, about navigating tough situations. And although it may be difficult, when we're in the darkness, I hope that we can always see the stars. And in our barren seasons, when we are told that we are not good enough, or when we recognize that the injustices within our communities, I hope that we can be reminded to remain patiently faithful to God and to ourselves, to not just sit idly by, but pray that we can be the people God has created us to be in our own particular context and always respond to our situations the best way we know how. We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org. Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina, encouraging independent thought, community service, social justice, 
and interfaith understanding. Today's podcast was produced with production help from Hugh Ashcraft, Brian Smith, Bruce White, and Rich Dower. Our theme music was composed by Brandon Michael Williams. Thanks for listening today. Grace and peace to you.